Welcome to the School of Wellbeing podcast. I am your host, Meg Durham, wellbeing speaker, educator, and coach. Together, we're going to explore lessons to help us live well. Let the learning begin. Hello, and welcome to episode 66 of the School of Wellbeing podcast. When I say 66, it takes me right back to my days of calling bingo at the nursing home. Working at a nursing home was my very first job. I worked in the laundry, the activities, the kitchen, and eventually the admin. But one of the jobs in the activities was to call the bingo on a Saturday morning. So when I say 66, I'm thinking six, six, 66. (laughs) I digress, sorry. This stage of the year, I'm a little bit tired and a little bit excited. It's an interesting combination as we run into Christmas and all the festivities. There's that tiredness there, but also the excitement of what's to come. The excitement of the year ahead. I am so grateful that you are here because you are a part of a growing community of big-hearted humans that are committed to learning how to feel, function, and relate better despite the everyday pressures and demands of life. No one's life is easy. We all have things that we're dealing with. And when we have the skills, the systems, and the support, we can make it a little bit easier for ourselves. Not saying that life's ever going to be easy, but it's much easier when you have the skills to navigate the ups and downs of life. Here in Geelong at the moment, the sun is starting to shine and I'm sure like many of you listening, you have been looking forward to the sunshine, feeling it warm your body. It is just heavenly to have the sun out and with the sun also comes my hay fever. At the moment, my hay fever is back with a vengeance, so please excuse my husky voice. And if you have any ideas, suggestions, recommendations when it comes to hay fever, please reach out. Today is a solo episode and I love solo episodes because it's my opportunity to speak directly to you, a big hearted and busy human. Think of it as just a cuppa, you and I sitting down, having a chat. If you're not into cups of tea, it might be a coffee drink of water, kombucha, wine, whatever it is for you, think of it as you and I just sitting down having a chat. In this episode, I will be sharing my highlights of 2022, the lessons I have learned along the way, my recommendations of what I've really enjoyed listening to, reading and watching, and my goals for 2023. I hope you enjoy this solo episode. 2022. Can you believe that it's almost done and dusted? It's hard to believe. Really, the last few years are a little bit of a blur. So much has happened. My family and I moved to Geelong from country New South Wales at the start of 2020. The pandemics happened. The never-ending winter has been here. So much has happened and that's why it's important to take time to stop and think. 
what were the highlights? What were the lessons? What did I enjoy? And what am I looking forward to? Coming into 2022, I had a very clear goal. This year, I was committed to taking my work in the world to the next level. I have been in business now for almost 10 years. And for majority of that time, I was making an impact, but not really making much income. It's one thing to make an impact in the world, but it's a whole other thing to generate income. And for years, I was working away just generating enough to pay the bills. Not enough to give myself a wage, but just enough to pay the bills. And it's quite amazing how many bills you have in a small business. Bills that you don't have to think about when you're an employee. You don't think about where the paper's coming from, who's paying for the printing, who's paying for the insurances, who's paying the accountant, all of these things that I never really considered until I had to, until the bills showed up. And this year I knew if I wanted to have a greater impact, I had to generate an income so I can continue to build the business, but also for our family. We need that income. And so looking back now, I am so proud to think I have generated a wage this year. And that is just magic to think that I can continue to do this work in the world, to have a positive impact and now generate income. It really is a dream come true. The visual that comes to mind is for years, it feels like I've been on a stationary bike. I'm not sure if you've ever been to a spinning class or some kind of indoor bike class where you're literally just spinning the wheels. So you're putting in a lot of effort, but you're not getting anywhere. And that's what it's been like for me for years, putting in so much effort, sweat and tears, working, 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 but not really getting anywhere until the last 12 months. The last 12 months, I have gained momentum. I have been involved in projects that feel like a dream come true. And it's remarkable to think how much progress has been made. Now I've hit this momentum point. And also reflecting back that you can't gain momentum without putting in all that effort first. It's an accumulation. Some people refer to it as that tipping point where you've work so hard for so long that eventually things start to change. And I'm so excited that things have started to change and that I can show up and do this work in the world and also generate income for my family. I can't believe it actually. Just saying that out loud just makes my heart sing. I have people contact me weekly to say, Meg, I would love to do what you're doing. Can you tell me how? And when I have a conversation with them and explain just how much effort goes in before you really generate any income, they look at me with this blank look of, uh, that's not what I thought it was. I thought it was a little bit easier than that. 
And so it takes a long time to get to this point. Even though I've been in business for nearly 10 years, I feel like I'm just beginning. I'm starting in this new chapter. And it is so exciting. So as I look back on the last 12 months, what have been some of the highlights? What have I really enjoyed? Number one is the people that I connect with. The big-hearted, generous and intelligent humans that I have the privilege of working and learning with. Each podcast guest has taught me something. And there are some guests that I am so nervous before the conversation because I feel way out of my depth and they always make me feel at ease. At the end of every conversation, I have this buzz, this buzz of human connection. And this year I have loved the live events. It has been so good to be back in schools, in organisations, in communities and sharing wellbeing education that makes sense. Nothing beats the buzz that comes with real conversations in real spaces with real people. And it makes my heart sing to connect with others that are passionate about wellbeing. I've had events that I've gone to where people have traveled up to three hours to come and have a conversation. And that just blows my mind. It makes my heart sing to think that as I show up, as I am, that gives people permission to show up as they are and we can engage in really deep and meaningful conversations. So that's certainly my highlight. The people that I connect with, everyone that I come in contact with, I learn something from. And it just builds this network and community of people that are ready to do things differently, that are ready to reclaim their spark and take control, to write new rules of living. And that takes me to my second highlight, is that is working with the willing. For the first part of my career, I had to work so hard to show people that it's worth investing in well-being. I had to pitch, I had to prove, I had to use statistics, I had to use everything in my power just to prove that it's worth talking about. For so long it was seen as a luxury, a nice to do. But with the pandemic and everything that we faced, the conversation has changed. Now schools and organisations want to create spaces for their people to connect, share, laugh and learn in authentic ways and it brings me so much joy. This year I have had the privilege of working with a number of schools across Australia. I have worked in banking, real estate, financial services, hospitality, so many organisations and it just brings me so much joy to know that these conversations are being had. Schools and workplaces and communities are so open to new conversations and it is such a buzz. 
I remember when I first walked into my session at the bank and I had so much self-doubt. I thought, oh, I'm not sure if they're going to take this very well. A completely different crowd, very different to what I was used to. And once I got going, once I shared a few stories, we were off and racing. And it reminded me about this human element, that it does not matter what you do with your day, how you identify that we are all human. And a part of my job is being a professional reminder that, hey, you're a human with human needs and you have permission to care for your needs. And so that's been such a thrill to be invited into so many different schools and organizations because with every invitation, I learn more about myself and I learn more about others. The third highlight really bounces off the second one and it's an increase in confidence. As I've been invited into new spaces and shared what I know in a way that's true and meaningful for me, my confidence has really built. There are times when I've had invitations and I've thought to myself, are they sure? Do they really want me? I know someone who would do a much better job than me. I could connect them with someone who could do a better job than me. And then I've caught my breath. I've settled myself down and said, well, if they've invited you, they want you. So just trust in the process and show up. And so that's what I've done this year is show up and share in my own way. And it has built such a strong confidence that whatever happens, whatever audience, if it's a small audience, if it's a big audience, if I show up and share in my own way, that's the best I can do. And it has been magic. It is magic what occurs in a group when you're present to the audience, when you're there to serve them, to not show what I know, but to be in a dance, to feel the energy in the room. And as we dance as audience and presenter, magic happens. And so I've learned to trust the process that every presentation will be different because every audience is different and that is okay. And I've also been challenging audiences more than I ever have in the past, really challenging them to think about what they can do to take deliberate and purposeful action. In the past, I've been a little bit hesitant and played quite safe, but now I'm challenging much more than ever before and it's making a real impact. So that's been an absolute highlight this year is this grounded confidence in myself and my ability to present to a wide variety of groups. The fourth thing is building a supportive team. As work commitments increased, I realized that I cannot keep doing it alone. I can't generate the podcast, do speaking events, generate programs, have materials, do the finances, do all the things and be a mother and a wife and a daughter and all of the stuff outside of work. And so I'm so fortunate this year that the beautiful Mel came across my path, who's now my executive assistant, and she has been an incredible support. It is so good working with other people. 
and having other people know what's happening in your world week to week, when things are going well, when things aren't, when to follow things up, how to circle back. And so having that support has been amazing. And also for the podcast, I've had Jamie from Brave Moon Podcast and she is amazing. Jamie is calm, reliable, consistent, and it makes such a difference to know that I have someone who can support me in the production of the podcast each week. And also Jana from Keeping Balance has been helping me with my bookkeeping because bookkeeping is certainly not one of my strengths. And so having someone to support me and follow things up and question things has been so important. So as the business grows, building a team has been a game changer. And I look forward to really focusing on that in the new year. So that's a reflection on my professional highlights of the year, connecting with incredible people, working with the willing, finding confidence in myself and my message and building a supportive team. Personally, my highlights have been parenting. I absolutely love this stage of parenting. Our boys are currently five and three and it is such a fun age. They are much more independent. They can click themselves in and out of their car seats. There's no more nappies, cots, prams. We are in a completely different stage of parenting and I am loving it. I remember when they were babies thinking, oh, is this ever going to end? They just need so much from me. They're so dependent. This is so exhausting. And at this stage, it's the opposite. It's so much fun. I love it. And the three of us often go down to the pool together and it's such a joy because we can go down there, have some fun, have a swim, get out, and it's just an activity that we can do together. So personally, parenting at this stage is just the best. I really just want to press pause and just soak up these beautiful years where they're so untouched by the world, they say the funniest things, there's no filter and it is just joy and fun and laughter. Second thing personally, and it's probably a strange one, is just having a stylist, having clothes in my wardrobe that fit. I talked a lot about this in episode 30 with my guest Lauren DeBartolo, but honestly, When you have clothes that fit, it takes all the mental load away from what am I going to wear. Each year, I shop for two hours twice a year. So all of this year, I have shopped for four hours and that is all of my casual clothes, all of my work clothes, all of special events if it's a wedding or whatever's coming up, all done in four hours over the course of a whole year. So if you're someone that gets stressed out about clothes and you worry about not having anything to wear, you don't have the time to shop, it all just feels overwhelming, get yourself a personal stylist because it makes the world of difference, particularly around this time of year with Christmas and lots of things happening. I just know I can walk to the wardrobe and I've got plenty of outfits that fit. They all mix and match. They all work together. And it's just so easy. 
So that is an absolute highlight, being able to walk into my wardrobe and know that I do not have to think. So they're my personal highlights. Parenting this age is just the best. I absolutely love it. And having clothes to wear, it's a game changer. Now, when it comes to lessons, what lessons have I learned? So many. This year has really taught me so much, but I've come up with three. Three that have been really potent for me this year. Number one is valuing my time, skills, and energy. This has been a big one for me because I'm slowly learning if you don't value your time, skills, and energy, other people won't. And so, really valuing what I do. Because one of the things of doing what you love is that you could happily do it all day, every day. You could give everything to everyone. It is so easy to say yes because you absolutely love what you do. Because I love what I do, it is so easy to say yes. Yes, I will speak at this event. Yes, I will come to your conference. Yes, I will do this. And this is what I've done for a very long time. And it's a part of the journey. You have to do that. But now I'm starting to step back and say, okay, this is the opportunity. How much is it going to cost me financially as far as travel and time out of the office? But how much is it going to cost me as far as energy? And am I willing to give this event this much energy? So when it comes to speaking, I may speak for an hour or 90 minutes, but it's not the hour or the 90 minutes. It's the travel to get there. It's the preparing before the talk. It's the actual speaking. And then it's talking to people afterwards and then the travel and everything. So a one hour to 90 minute talk really ties up to about three days, the day before, the day of, the day after recovery. There is so much that goes into it to make sure that I'm up and present and giving as much as I can to the audience. And so I've got much better at valuing my time, my skills, and my energy. So now when someone says, can you come to this conference, I really have to weigh up that financial piece and the energy piece. And it's been uncomfortable at times to say no. Because when I look at it, the amount of time it's going to cost me and the amount of money it's going to cost me, it's just not worth it. And so that's something that I've had to really work on this year is being clear around my boundaries of what I'm willing to do and what I'm not. The second lesson that I've learned is the link between my physical and mental health. I am someone that loves to feel fit and strong. Being physically fit is really important to me. Since I can remember, I have woken up early and exercised. It could have been rowing, training, swimming, running. As I finished school, I became an aerobics instructor and I used to teach body pump and body step. So I'd teach body pump and body step even when I was teaching. I've always been physically fit. And at one stage there, I was into triathlon. And so training has been a big part of my life. When I feel physically fit and strong, 
I feel mentally fit and strong. And so that's been a part of my identity, that you have to be physically fit to be mentally fit. And this year, in around June, I had an injury. This injury that had built up over time and it had slowly been getting worse and worse. And so I worked with a physio, we tried to get it on track, but it just wasn't getting better. So I couldn't run, I couldn't do a lot of the things that I love to do. And eventually I got to the point where I had to do no exercise at all. And that was tough. It was tough because I had told myself that to be at my best, I have to be physically fit. And so I was challenged with this idea of could I be mentally fit when I wasn't feeling physically fit? Could I still be a great speaker and not be physically fit? This was a real challenge for me. And I noticed that as I wasn't running, as I wasn't doing the things that I used to do that really gave me that buzz, that real huff and puff, it started to chip away at my quality of thinking. I started to become a little bit more irritated. My quality of sleep wasn't so great. And it's interesting to note that as all of this was happening, so as I was dealing with this ongoing injury that we couldn't get to the base of, also my skin was starting to get really bad. And so it was like my whole body was in this stress response of what is going on? We cannot work this out. And so with the help of an incredible physio and a wonderful sports doctor, we have got to the crux of the problem, this injury that I have in my groin, and I now know that it's going to take 6 to 12 months to get to the place where I want to be, to feel strong enough to be able to run, bike, swim, and eventually do a triathlon again. That's my goal. I want to be fit and strong enough to, be, to do a triathlon again. However, it's going to take time. And throughout this process, I've noticed that I've lost a lot of confidence in my body. And that is a new space for me because I've always had so much confidence in my body and known what it's capable of. And now as I'm slowly returning back to exercise, I can feel myself stop. I can feel the resistance, the fear of being injured again the fear of pushing myself too hard, which I've never had that fear before. And so it's just been really interesting to notice that link between my physical health and my mental health and also noticing that I can be mentally well, I can be a great speaker and be physically injured. It is possible. It's not ideal, but it is possible. So as I'm gaining my confidence back, I'm going back to things that I can do that I've got the tick of approval from the physio and the doctor to do and also make me feel good. So I've gone back to body pump classes, which has been such a joy. After teaching body pump for nearly 10 years, it's beautiful to go back because my body feels comfortable there. It feels safe. It feels predictable. It's familiar. There's not too much impact and I'm really building up my strength. And so just noticing for you, what's the link between your physical health and your mental health? And is there something that you can do 
physically that makes you feel strong, that's familiar, that's predictable? Is there an activity, if it's body pump or swimming or running or walking or riding, whatever it is for you, can you bring that into your life and just notice the impact on the quality of your thinking and the quality of your functioning? Because that's been a big lesson for me this year to really be patient, to trust the process and challenge your body at a rate that it can tolerate because I want to be fit for life. And so as you get older, it's really about doing the things that helps you be fit for life, not just be fit for now. So my third lesson, and it's an ongoing lesson, is when life feels too much, too overwhelming to slow down. And that might be really simple for some of you, but for me, it is hard to slow down. When life feels big, I normally like to get bigger. I naturally overfunction. So when life feels busy, I like to do more and more and more. I start to race and I start to overfunction. I start to do not just my things, but I start to do other people's things and other people's things and the kids' things and all the things. And so what I am learning that it's okay to slow down. When my brain says just work harder, that's an invitation for me to slow down, to step back, to see what's actually important and not to get caught up in just doing more, in being busy. And so this year I've really been working on stopping, taking a break, noticing where my energy is going, deciding, is that important? Do I actually need to do it now or can that wait? And I've been cutting myself so much slack. On the days where I'm not feeling up and about, that's okay. Take it easy because I know as I go easier on myself, I'm so much more productive. I get so much more done. I trust that I will get it all done. There was a day a few months ago where I was completely overwhelmed, had so much on my plate, and normally I would write down a massive to-do list and just jump straight into it. But this day I thought, no, life feels too much, slow down. Permission to stop, permission to step back. And so I took myself off to the movies. Midweek, 10 o'clock at the movies, and it was just divine. Two, three hours away from the office, away from thinking, away from responsibility, sitting, watching a movie, and it was so refreshing. It's amazing what happens when we give ourselves permission to stop, to recalibrate, and then magic can happen. And I am getting so much more done now that I'm learning to slow down. And so I'm not sure if that's helpful for you. Are you in a habit of when things feel busy, you get busier? Or can you get slower? When things get busy, can you slow down? Okay, team, here we go. Recommendations. This year, my favorite books, and I'm sure no surprise to any of you listening, is number one, Stolen Focus by Johan Hari. This book is such an important read for everyone that is serious about their well-being. 
it is hard to be well in a world when we're so distracted by all the things. And so I highly recommend Stolen Focus by Johan Hari. And I also recommend, and it's a beautiful combo to Stolen Focus, Dopamine Nation. Dopamine Nation by Dr. Anna Limke is incredible. It explains the mechanisms behind dopamine and why we always want more and more and more. So how can we find balance in a world of indulgence? And finally, a book that has been a game changer for me and the people that I work with is You're Not Broken by Dr. Sarah Woodhouse. And she explains how trauma impacts us all, how the patterns of trauma are a part of everyday life and how so often when our nervous system feels like life is too much, too quick, too soon, we go into these reactive patterns. So I highly recommend that you look at these books, Stolen Focus, Dopamine Nation, and You're Not Broken. All of these incredible um, authors have been guests on the podcast. So if you want to go back and listen to those episodes, I highly recommend that you do. And currently sitting on my desk, I haven't read it yet, but I'm really looking forward to reading it, is a review copy of Chris Cheers' new book, The New Rule Book, Notes from a Psychologist to Help You Redefine the Way You Live. And I have only read the little bit at the front, the forward, and I have highlighted so much already, and I can't wait to jump into this this summer. As far as TV this year, I haven't watched a whole heap of TV but something that I loved during the year was The Voice. I love The Voice. The coaches on The Voice, Jessica Melboy, Keith Urban, Rita, Guy Sebastian, amazing. The most compassionate, skilled, incredible coaches and it's just magic to see what incredible coaching can do when you see someone who's already very talented and has a gift to take them to the next level. Amazing. It's such a feel good. So. If you're interested in a feel good, The Voice is coming back next year, so look out for that. And another easy watch is Virgin River. If you love simple, cliche, drama, Virgin River is for you. I found it a few months ago, and when I need to just chill out and escape from the world, Virgin River is the best. So that's all I've got when it comes to TV. When it comes to podcasts, each week I love to listen to We Can Do Hard Things by Glennon Doyle. It is such a beautiful podcast. She chats with her partner, her sister, amazing guests. It is just a wonderful, refreshing conversation about the hard things and how we can do hard things. I also love listening to The Imperfects. It is a great conversation with Hugh, Ryan and Josh and they chat about life and struggles but also they have some beautiful guests my favorite guest interview this year was Hamish McLaughlin the McLaughlin brothers are pretty amazing and listening to him talk about him his family his professional journey was just incredible Uh, I really loved that conversation so I recommend that you go and listen to that and also each week I love to listen to Mamma Mia Out Loud It's a podcast that's published three times a week. It's got news, current affairs, pop culture, a bit of everything. So if you want a way to keep up to date with the news without actually reading the news, Mamma Mia Out Loud is awesome. 
Okay, now looking forward, what are the plans for 2023? In 2023, I will be writing a book. Ah, this is going to be big for me. So big. Because I have so much resistance around writing and it brings up so much doubt, so many excuses, all the feelings, and I want to do it anyway. I am committing to the process of writing a book because I want people to have something that they can read and feel inspired to take courageous action. Something that invites them to stop proving themselves and to start choosing themselves. Writing a book is the next step for me. And it scares the hell out of me. Earlier in the year, I was approached by a publisher to write a book. And initially I thought, well, that's ridiculous. I can't write a book. There is no way I can write a book. I struggle to write an Instagram caption or a weekly newsletter. How am I going to write a book? And then over time, I thought maybe it's possible. I've seen other people write a book. I've heard people talk about you don't have to be a great writer to write a good book. And so I've started to flirt with it and now I am ready enough because I don't think I'll ever be ready because it is such a big project. It's kind of like the mental version of a marathon. It takes consistent practice and effort. And so I have a book coach who's going to help me. At this stage, I don't know what it's going to be about. I'm at the starting line, but I am committing to the process of writing a book. So I'll be sharing updates over the next few months or years, however long it takes me to write my first book. So that's one scary exciting, exhausting goal right there. And so to make the book happen, something else that I'll have to focus on next year is time management. We're going into a new phase of life. Our oldest will be starting school. And so that means school drop-off and pickups, which means different times. And so it's going to take a little while to find our new groove, our new normal. I've also got booked in speaking gigs that I've committed to for next year. I'm working on some amazing projects with schools and organisations, which I've committed to. And so time management is going to be a big thing for me to get really disciplined about what I spend my time on and what I don't. How can I use my team to really support me in making the vision come to life? And so that is something that I'm continuing to work on, being able to delegate. Because as a busy person that's always done all the things by myself, learning to delegate and trust others is an ongoing practice. And I'm also going to look into some software that helps with time management 
blocking things out, scheduling, all of that. So next year, a big focus is going to be time management and getting really clear around my boundaries, what I work on, what I don't work on, and all of those things. Because if I want to write a book and be a parent and run a business and do client work and speak, I have to get clear on my time. And even just saying it to you now makes me feel a little bit ill. And I'm kind of questioning, do I really want to do this? Yes, it will be worth the effort. And the final thing that I'm looking forward to next year is continuing to create this podcast for you. It is my greatest joy to publish these podcast conversations every Friday for you to listen to. It brings me so much joy that when I'm out in a school, organization, community group, wherever I am, and someone comes up and talks about a particular podcast that made a difference for them, they're the moments where I think it is worth the effort. When someone gets this knowledge or is able to articulate something they've experienced but they haven't had the words for it before until they've heard someone else talk about it, that's the magic. That's why I show up. So I'm going to continue to work on the podcast next year. We have some new and exciting guests. We also have some return guests that are going to absolutely blow your mind. And we're also thinking about ways that we can include your thoughts, your learnings, your questions, your dilemmas, really thinking about we may have an episode once every term around some dilemmas where you can get some feedback or just how ways you can share what you're learning, what you're enjoying, what action you're taking, so how we can really create this community feel. So we want listener engagement next year. So if you've got any ideas, suggestions, please reach out to me on Instagram or LinkedIn. I'd absolutely love to hear from you because this podcast is all about creating a community of big-hearted humans that want to know how do we do this? How do we navigate the ups and downs of life with a little bit more joy, energy, and connection? So now it's over to you. In the coming weeks, I invite you to think about what have been your highlights of the year. What lessons did you learn this year? What did you love listening to, reading, watching? And what are your goals for the year ahead? And what you can expect from me over the school holidays Each week we'll be sharing a best of 22 episode and we'll also be sharing a brand new conversation to help you start the year with a little bit more bounce in your step. So you'll get a double dose of the School of Wellbeing to really pump you up for the year ahead. Before I finish, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Every time you listen, it creates a ripple effect of hope, of action, of inspiration. Because as you take care of yourself, you're giving permission to other people to take care of themselves. And that's why I'm so passionate about this podcast and the School of Wellbeing. We're sharing the lessons that we did not learn at school and we hope the generations to come will be learning at school. 
So thank you so much for listening, for sharing and your support this year. I hope you enjoy doing what you love with the people you love in the coming weeks. And I look forward to sharing more wellbeing education that makes sense with you next year. Bye for now.